Live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's the Zap Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction through passion and purpose. My name is Zap Ballinger. I'm your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Two ways you can ask us questions today, Zach at ZachBallinger.com. Email them over. We'll make sure to ask them to be my guest, as well as YouTube. We are streaming there. You can pop them into the comment box, and we'll make sure to get to them. Without further ado, Chad, thank you so much for joining the show today. My pleasure. Glad to be here. So, Chad, I'm going to jump right in and ask you, so what do you do career-wise? What's your title and what is your job function? So my title, I don't know if the title is relevant in this situation, but my, my actual work that I do is I help entrepreneurs and families enjoy life by removing their stress about money. Uh, some titles that could fit, I'm a certified financial fiduciary. Basically, I own a business that does everything to serve a family and an entrepreneur on the money decisions that they make, from investing to financial planning, insurance, taxes, college planning, just anything that really helps them make smart money decisions. We're gonna, someone on my team is gonna be involved to help them along the way. That's my primary business. Uh, a couple things that I do as well. I, I own a sports facility, a sports complex, along with some travel sports teams. So basketball, volleyball, and cheerleading. I, I have a couple partners in that business. And uh, our teams travel all around the country, and we've got a big sports facility here in Southern California. So that's also something I, I'm excited about. And uh, I'm actually an author. I'm in my second book now coming out this year. My first book was published uh, at the end of last year, 2020, September. So, Wow. Well, congratulations on that. And thank you kind of for sharing that. Now, do you strictly work with entrepreneurs? Is that kind of your specialty or do you work with other individuals as far as finances or? That's a good question. That's our specialty. Uh, but, but the families that come to us for the financial planning, they don't have to be entrepreneurs. Uh, the families that come to us for financial planning plus investment advice and guidance, investment management services, typically they're entrepreneurs because, you know, we're doing strategies with their business and their personal financial life. But the financial planning side, that can be anybody. Uh, there's no minimum income or net worth requirement. We've got clients all over the country. We've got clients outside of the country that have said, hey, you know what? They're, maybe they read my book or heard a podcast and they said, I'd love to get their advice and guidance and get started or just get more organized. And so, you know, for those people, it really doesn't matter what your background is. And can you explain to, uh, you know, we had uh, on this show a couple of weeks ago, we had a certified financial planner and then yeah. there's a uh, financial advisor. Now there's, um, you mentioned another title, uh, I think a financial fiduciary Yes. Is what you mentioned. Can you explain the difference in all those career paths? Like what's the difference between the titles? What do you do? And what do you do in particular? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. The, uh, a certified financial fiduciary goes through a significant amount of, of training on the work as a fiduciary, which is to be completely, legally trusted and, and bound to put the client's interest first at all time. Certified financial planner, similar designation, very important, um, gives people a broad 
understanding of many different topics in the financial services industry. So I have, um, I have a few certified financial planners who actually work for me. Um, they're employees. They're great. They're very important to our clients. Um, financial advisor or broker could be very different because you could be working at a big bank or an insurance company and you're, you're paid maybe based on sales. You know, you're paid based on commissions. Whereas a certified financial fiduciary doesn't earn commissions. The work that we do is for a flat rate or is, you know, financial planning costs or an investment advisory cost. But there's there's no commissions or sales incentives or things like that because we're we are really obligated to put clients interests first. And there's no you know, there's no difference in how much we earn based on what the client ends up doing for their investments. Gotcha. That makes sense. And so, you know, if I always encourage students or professionals out there looking for different careers, whether this might be one of them, let's say they did a job shadowing with you and they were, you know, during COVID, they have to do a virtual job shadowing. So they, they wake up with Chad, he gets his coffee and then he goes out of the office. What does a particular day look like for you? What does that uh, all encompass? Uh, depends what day of the week it is. I have my days divided, but if it's at a client appointment day, then there will be there will be lots of client appointments where I'm I'm either on the phone in person or virtually meeting with somebody to help discuss what's changed in their life, what their primary goals are, um, what they're concerned or worried about, what what next steps for their financial strategy need to be accomplished to get them in the right position to be prepared for whatever happens. And so it could be a day where I've got six to eight appointments back to back. I'm reviewing their files. I'm coming into the meeting, asking lots of questions. Uh, we're taking lots of notes. We're discussing the economy and the markets, their income situation, their debt. That's an appointment day. Uh, there's content days where I'm doing podcasts like I I think I did 45 podcast interviews the last six, eight weeks in the, of the year. So I'm recording videos, interviews, doing podcasts and doing things like that. So I wear a few different hats right now. I think the, uh, the, the CFPs here, you would be really digging into the actual planning and the strategies and the numbers and the analysis. That's, that's what shadowing the CFP would be like. Just a lot of strategy planning and, and number crunching and looking at different areas like college planning or insurance or investments and estate planning and saying, what's the law? What can you know, how can we improve the client situation? So it, it kind of depends if you're backstage or front stage. So I'm always front stage. I'm not a I'm not a backstage person at the firm, but we have a lot of great backstage people who are doing the work behind the scenes as well. So. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And then what do you love about your job? What are you passionate about? What brings you the most joy? I, I love being able to help people create and design a lifestyle on purpose, to be successful on purpose. I love the ability to help someone get completely clear about their goals for their future and also remove the stress away from all the money decisions. Like that's something that I love to see where they come in our office and by the end of the meeting, they say, oh, the burden is lifted. You know, I feel so much better. I wish I would have come and met you guys years ago. That to me is exciting. 
that's got to be a, a humble calling really when somebody's, you know, they may have not saved much for retirement. They don't have a clear plan. And then you look five years down the road and how well they're doing. And they're a lot more happy because that stress of the financial stuff's off kind of off their plate. So I'm sure that's, it's a great reward for you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Now, what's something that, you know, is some people have a hard time answering this. Others would say, you know, oh, I know that right away. But what's something that you may not like about your job or some people should know that's some tough certain days? Uh, what would that be? Um, I, I'd say there's a lot of uncertainty and that's a challenge. So, you know, 2020, you have COVID and you have the stock market dropping 40 percent in one month. And there's a very high level of stress and emotions involved. And if you can't keep steady and keep your cool and help people guide them through the turmoil, then it's going to be a very, very high stress industry to work in because there are just too many things that are outside of our control. It's not like we can manage the economy or the interest rates or the investment markets. We have to actually be just prepared that no matter what happens, we're going to be here to guide our clients successfully to their destinations. And you kind of talked through this earlier, but let's say there's a student out there interested or they, they want to go into finance and they want to do your particular role. What does their education background look like? What do you, what kind of degree do they need to have? What kind of certifications do they need to have and how long will all this take? Yeah, I would say, uh, I don't know if there's a specific degree that makes a major difference. I know some colleges now have a college for financial planning. They have personal finance as a degree option. I mean, that's that's right up the alley of what we do. Finance degree, economics degree. My degree was in economics and then I had a business minor. But uh, I think the work ethic, the coachability and the communication skills matter at least as much as the actual degree. Uh, certified financial planner is an excellent designation. It does take a few years of experience to get. You can't just get it in college. You have to actually have some work experience. So, but there, there are a lot of designations. I think one of the places to look is the College for Financial Planning. Their website has many different designations and different specialties in our industry. And that's a great place definitely to start. And some of those, you won't have to have years of experience to actually qualify. So. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, if you had to rewind your life and you went back to grade school or second or third, fourth grade, was there a dream career you always dreamed about being that you could remember? Uh, I would say I, I didn't really have a dream career. I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do even in college. I was a senior in college when I went to the career fair and just started talking to everyone at the booths and trying to figure out my own way. And uh, frankly, at the time, you know, I was married and my mom was very concerned that I didn't know what my post college career would be. I just kept saying, it'll work out, it'll work out, you know? And I went to speak to the booth, uh, the Merrill Lynch personal finance wealth management booth and they said hey this is a really challenging career but it could be rewarding you've got to be good with people good with numbers and um self-motivated and i thought i should give it a shot so 
I got awesome. very lucky. So, yeah, I, I, I'm similar. You know, I never had a real dream career other than playing basketball, but that wasn't going to happen because I couldn't <laughs> jump and I was 200 pounds and six feet. So that wasn't <laughs> going to work for me to be in the NBA. But, you know, like you, I really didn't know what I wanted to be, you know, even through college. It took me some time afterwards to understand it. But I always encourage students what you just said. You said you went to a career fair and, you know, mm -hmm. and as things go back to normal, you know, they can do virtual career fairs now. But as things go back to normal, those are going to be a big part, you know, just, just think about what that did for your career. You went to a career fair. You had no idea what you wanted to do. And this is what I challenge students to do all the time is just by you talking to people and you talking yeah. to Merrill Lynch, they got you interested in that career field right away. And you said, Hey, let me give it a try. And look for several years later. Now you have your own successful, um, uh, planning business. So that's yeah. pretty, pretty amazing uh, it, your, your story. And now, um, the next question I have, what kind of skill set do you think you need to have to be successful? You kind of named a few of the, the hardworking and coachable. Is there any other skills that one needs to have for this type of, um, career? Uh, you have to be extremely self-disciplined. Uh, you've got to be, um, unemotional in high stress situations. That's for sure necessary. Um, it's almost like you're a pilot and you expect lots of storms and turbulence on every flight. That's pretty much what you have to expect in our industry. And so you've got to be that calming voice that comes over the loudspeaker and says, hey, it's a little bumpy out there. It's cloudy. It's a storm. Put your seatbelts on, but we're going to get through this. And so you've got to have a steady demeanor for sure. Uh, you've got to be willing to meet new people. Um, you cannot be, at least in my role, you, you couldn't be an introvert at all times and succeed. You've got to be willing to put yourself out there and face rejection a lot, for sure. Um, if you're an analyst and you're in the back office, you're backstage, you're just doing numbers and spreadsheets, that's fine. You don't have to be the person that's face-to-face -face and and doing the marketing and facing rejection. But if you're in my role, you've got to be willing to put yourself out there for sure. Now, were you always an extrovert or did you have to work on that or, or your natural extrovert or? I just think uh, I like people. So I, I like getting to know new people. I'm not afraid to start a conversation. Um, and so I think that helps. I'm interested in other people and what they're doing and what they're interested in. I like to ask questions. So uh, if you're if you're introverted or if you're just extremely selfish and you're only thinking about yourself, this is not a good career because you're, this job is really to help other people succeed. And until you help other people succeed, your career or your business will not grow. So you've really got to be able to put other people first. It makes sense. And what, what's some of your, the planks of your advice, um, you know, for people out there that may be interested in this route, they may be interested in your services or connecting with you further. What is some of the, the, the things that you would tell people about their finances and their situation? Any, any words of advice? Yes. I, I mean, for me, I think the easiest way that I've put something out there for people to really grasp and understand how we approach not only my career, but just money decisions in general, I put it in my book and I'll just show that book right here. But 
It's called Stress-Free Money, and it's overcome these seven obstacles to find financial freedom. And so whether you're a college student wanting to be really smart financially your whole life, or whether you're a very successful, wealthy, retired business owner, the principles in this book will be applicable. Um, it's, it really doesn't matter how much money you have. These principles will help you get closer to financial freedom than you currently are. Um, you know, people typically come to us because they're referred or they see me on LinkedIn or it's a podcast interview. But if you go to pacificcapital.com, you're able to schedule a free goals conversation with someone on my team or myself. And that's usually how we start a conversation with someone about, you know, what questions they have and see if there's a chance that we can, we might be able to help them. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and for you guys listening, we'll make sure to put this in the links uh, as well as your, your website and everything like that. Now you also have a podcast, I guess is, can you tell us more about that show? Let's say somebody's out there interested and even they want to learn more about this, about their career. It might be a good podcast for them to get connected with. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about your vision for your show and what you kind of do on there? Uh, for my, I don't have a podcast myself. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, a, I'm just a podcast guest. I'm a frequent guest. So gotcha. So okay. we help, we'll share like this podcast episode. We'll share it on our platforms and people may, um, share that as well. And it, it just turns into more connections and more opportunities to, to meet new people. Gotcha. And do you, um, in your books, you, you've written two, right? Um, yeah. The second one hasn't come out yet, but I've, I'm nearly completed with it. Gotcha. And, um, we'll make sure to link to all this on our social media, but, um, I did want to get to some of these questions that the students have asked. Um, the, one of the questions is, is do you trade stocks and mutual funds for, uh, professionals? Uh, we, yes, we invest money for our clients that are the investment management clients. We are actually managing their investments. So currently, uh, I'm responsible for about $620 million of, of other people's money. Essentially I'm in charge of investing that. So that is definitely one of the services we do. Gotcha. And the next question is, is, is there a minimum net worth or a minimum amount of money before someone can start, um, working with you as far as financial planning, financial planning? No. No. And if you look at our website, pacificcapital.com, there's two services there. It's the financial planning. There's no income or net worth requirement for that. The investment management, there's a minimum. It's $1 million. So we work with a higher end clientele on the investment side, but the financial planning is available to anyone at any level who's willing to uh, really invest the time and the money in that. So. I love this next question because um, I work with people in your career and you work with people in money. So we're going to appreciate this. Um, mm -hmm. It says, how do you coach a person that's not motivated? You give them all the tools and the steps and they're still not listening. How do you get them to listen? Uh, the only thing I can think of maybe is to share with them the consequences of not listening. Uh, so I, I will show someone, you know, if you don't take these steps, here are, here's what you're 10 years down the road. Here's what it looks like. You know, here's what could happen if you don't protect, put some stuff in place to protect your family. Here's what could happen if something happened to you 
or your spouse. So it is difficult because at some point people have to take their own actions. It's like a doctor can't really force you to eat healthy and exercise, but they can show you the vitals. They can show you that, hey, you're going to you might have a heart attack in three years or you can turn yourself around and get healthy. It's the same thing for me. I've got to just show them the consequences of their good and bad decisions and hope that I can persuade them to, to make better choices. That's why I kind of quit the one-on-one -on -one career coaching because I've lost patience for it, but other people have that higher calling for it. And so I always think that's a great question because that's one of the things that I got frustrated by is if you don't have somebody motivated, there's not a lot you can do. And so that's I don't, true. you know, I don't look for motivated individuals. I talk to motivated individuals. So I like it. Um, yeah, I agree with, with what you just said there. You can show them kind of the, here's what's going to happen in 10 years. If you're, if you're not following a plan, whether it be me or somebody else, this is what right. the deal is. So I appreciate you, you sharing that. And then the next question comes in is um, what um, do you have to keep up with credentials every year? So I guess yes. the question is, okay. Yeah. A lot of continuing education for my licenses and you know, the tax laws change and investment rules change retirement planning rules change. And so I have continuing education and compliance every year that I've got to keep up with. And um, the next question comes in and says, how have you um, main, how have you been able to grow your business and what makes you successful? I've grown my business through credibility of doing exactly what we say we're going to do for people and the referral the referral flow has grown pretty much every year because people want to share things that they're happy about. It's like telling other people about a great restaurant or a great movie. I feel like when people find our team and they really get to know everyone on my, on my Pacific Capital team that they're excited. And so they, someone brings up a question about money and they say, oh, you got to talk to my team at Pacific Capital. Um, what makes us successful is we always put our clients first. Regardless of the situation, we're going to tell them the truth every time. Uh, we're not trying to sell stuff to people that don't need stuff. So we're going to tell people the pros and the cons of every decision and, and try to help them make the best decision for them and their family. Gotcha. And um, the last question comes in, it says, you know, is there a story that you can think of? And you may have to be kind of careful on this one because, you know, no names or anything. But they ask, is there a story you can remember that's had the biggest turnaround where they've come to you um, in financial uh, distress and despair and you were able to turn them around? Any particular story that you can remember um, that you may be able to share? The biggest, so basically the biggest turnaround. Yeah. I guess somebody come in and they're really down on their, you know, as far as financially. And then you were able to kind of steer them to the right path. I, I'd say in every client case, there's some kind of a transformation. Once they adopt the advice and the habits, uh, we had someone come in here last week at the end of last week and the husband and wife and they own a, a business that services machines at restaurants. And the husband said, I can't believe how much progress we've made through the pandemic financially, because you guys helped us set up so many different little habits and little just 
things to help their money grow and place it in, in certain types of accounts that would grow and, and protect them from tax, high taxes and high fees and just really put them in a good situation. And you blink and it's been a year and a half and now they've had significant success. Their business is in a much better place. And she's just like, I'm, she said, every time I, I get a question about money, I just want to, I just want to drive the people directly to your office so they can get started. So I think, you know, we see turnarounds like that all the time. I, if someone is dead broke and not interested in planning or growing, it's hard for me to help them. That's just the truth of it. They've got to start somewhere and they've got to come in with some motivation to change. And almost, it is almost like the weight loss transformation, though. They're, everyone's going to have some kind of progress. But the real progress, the, the, the level of progress depends really on the person and how invested they are in their own financial health. Absolutely. Chad, uh, one more time, what's your website for everybody out there listening? Yeah, pacificcapital.com. Thank you so much for joining the show. We know you're busy. You're juggling a lot of clients. You've got a lot going on. Uh, Two-time author, getting ready to publish another book. Um, we really appreciate you joining the show. This is very helpful to my audience. A lot of good questions. And uh, thank you for coming along. My pleasure. Happy to be here. All right. Have a great day. You too.